What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the living room, or TLR for short. I am so pumped that you are here. We are so pumped that you are here. If you have no idea what you stumbled upon or you forgot since last time, TLR is a podcast and a community where we talk about life and faith and honestly, whatever else comes up. We created this community for anyone who wants to join in on these conversations. If you want to get more connected with us, finding us on Instagram is the best way. We'd love for you to join us, meet new people, and get connected with all the different things we have going on around here. Don't worry, we linked all that in our description. Well, that's enough for me for now, but wherever you are in your life journey, we hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspires you to continue this conversation and to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the living room. I am so excited that you are joining us today. Um, I, I'm excited because it is Thanksgiving time, and that is coming up. Actually, guys, full disclosure, day of recording, it's not even Halloween yet, but... When you're going to hear this, Thanksgiving is next week, which means that as I'm listening back to this, I'm going to be excited about the food that I'm going to eat and excited about that. Today in our living room, we have Tyler, we have Molly, and this is going to be a great conversation. What's up, guys? How You guys feeling good today? Feeling good? Feeling good. There you go. Feeling good. Should. There you go. Pumpkins in the cabinet. Can't wait to bake it. There you go. There you go. What's uh, What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Stuffing. We should have it all the time. No, no. Sweet potato casserole. Okay. Yes, stuffing. We shouldn't have it all the time. I did. No, get... no, that's stupid. I actually have it all the time. It's at the store year round, just so everybody knows. <laughs> I I, you know. can eat it whenever. And I started doing it. But that, it makes it's, it special. It's in a special. box. It's super easy. No, forget special. If it's amazing, why wait once a year? Because it's the most dude, ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's so good. Let's just never eat it except once a year. That's maybe. So I agree. I agreed that. with you. Until I ate it just a random day in April, and I was like, "It was amazing." No, and it was I, just as good no, as the it day wasn't, of Thanksgiving. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Anyway, Molly, what's your wow. favorite Thanksgiving food? My favorite Thanksgiving food is something that my mom makes called squash casserole. I mm. don't think a lot of people have it, but it's my favorite food, and she makes it on Thanksgiving and my birthday. That's awesome. That's does it awesome. have marshmallows in it? <laughs> it doesn't, because I don't really like marshmallows. Oh my! You seriously? I don't even know if I can talk this, this, to you. This, right this, now. Is, this is wow. Well, uh, yeah, that's great. What uh, <laughs> that's uh, one more softball question gets warmed up. What uh, what's something we're thankful for? Mine, mine's easy. I'm thankful for you guys. Oh, yeah. I like, oh, feel like Molly I should say that back. <laughs> But. <laughs> but you're not thankful for me no i mean i'm thankful for honestly like i mean i'm thankful for uh just the community that i have around me and you two are part of that that's huge also my family but uh-huh. that i do feel like that one would be too too cheesy. that was like a like an afterthought for you yeah both yeah. of those were cheesy and i feel my heart feels warm but also i feel disgusted Sorry. I feel like that's how I feel like he feels disgusted a lot though. So I feel like that could be the title of like a book about me. Like, oh, it feels you know, my heart feels what do you think? 
Well, I was going to say my coffee, but then Nate was like, you guys. And I was like, it's I coffee, actually, it's okay. I'll let you. You can, say, you can say coffee. You have a great job. I'm Nate, great I friends. do have a great job. I have a great boss. He's on this podcast no, with me. Uh, no, okay, now no, it's good. Now, no, now I feel no. disgusted for sure. Going downhill. <laughs> okay, great. Tyler, what about you? Um, This is going to be cheesy, I guess, according to Molly. But So we adopted two kids uh, in the past year, and I'm excited for all these holidays coming up. because So they came in October last year, so we didn't really feel like, like they were like so overwhelmed by everything, language, culture. Like We didn't get to really do halloween very well i mean we did a little bit but i'm excited to sh- give some traditions to them for halloween because it's my favorite holiday mm-hmm. and then thanksgiving it's gonna be fun to have we actually we didn't keep feet like family away but it was like i said overwhelming and so i'm excited for family to be around for them to know my kids and um yeah it's gonna be great it'll be awesome well the uh, past couple of weeks we've been talking about faith and hope and there's just and, and the interaction of those and, and how like, you know, conversations about faith is one of the things that makes Sojourn unique and, and, and that a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm not sure about. Um, but then also like the things that we place our hope in and things that we hope for. And, and then what I wanted us to talk about today though, that is somewhat of a continuation of that because because one of the things that impacts both our hopes and our faith is just experiences that we have and they can they can shape us positively or negatively and there's a very unique um thanksgiving story that honestly i think a lot of people don't know like i think a lot of us know the general narrative arc of the first thanksgiving um some of it you know like like you know the different details that may or may not be true the stories that we've heard but there's one story arc that like that sometimes I feel like just gets like briefly mentioned, but when you learn the backstory, it's so amazing. Um, and it's an amazing hero that we should celebrate and talk about. I think a whole lot more, and that's the story of Squanto. Tyler Tyler's very passionate about this story, and so I wanted to pass it off to him to share the story because if you've not heard the story of Swanto. I remember the first time hearing this being like, Tyler's just making this up. Like this just fits too nicely. He just wants to tell the story. And I remember looking up and being like, this is amazing. Why do we not talk about this more? So I was the same way. I, I researched it. Actually, I was just going to tell the Thanksgiving story and I found this story and I was like, why do we not? I don't, maybe other people know it and I just didn't. And my education in Illinois was trash. So <laughs> anyway, if you already know this, my bad, you're smarter than me, but I did not know this um, 10 years ago. So the story goes like this. We, we know a lot of the story. It's 1620, uh, a group of exiles, 102 of them, um, go from England on a ship, which is named what? Little quiz from your guys' education. What's the ship called? Oh, my gosh. You guys it's the Mayflower. Me? It is the Mayflower. Gosh, I was getting worried. Um, they go on the Mayflower and they're, re, you know, they're seeking religious freedom. And so they go to this new world. Um, they face a ton of hardships. If you know the story, uh, it takes months to get over there. Uh, a lot of people die on the way. Even once they get to the new world, it's winter. And so half the people die in the first winter because there's no food. Um, they just kind of stay on the ship and they freeze to death or they don't have enough food. They're all starving. And so once um, spring finally comes, like I said, half the people have already died. So there's about 50 people left and they're 
pretty much gonna i mean there's no hope i mean they have it's starting to get warmer but they have no way of knowing the new world no way of growing crops uh there's no way of helping themselves and so they're kind of at a loss like they don't know what to do and that's when we enter our hero the story squanto comes into the mix and so he comes uh and some um uh, Native Americans as well. They come out to the ship. They kind of introduce themselves and they actually start teaching them how to kind of grow crops, how to hunt, how to know the land, what's the culture like, all that kind of stuff. They start teaching these um, these white Europeans uh, about the land. And it's interesting because they trans or they they can speak to each other because Squanto knows English and he translates for the people. Now, when I was a kid, I just thought, of course, he speaks English. He's living in America, but. As I got older, why does he know English? Like, that's the most weird thing in the story. And it's because the story doesn't start out in 1620. It starts out six years before that. Because six six years before that, a bunch of other Europeans have come over to the New World. They have interacted with Squanto and the Native Americans. And they actually go there. They enslave 24 Native Americans, take them back to England, Squanto being one of them. Uh, As they leave, they leave smallpox. And it kind of... it. Not, not just a little bit, it like completely destroys all of Squanto's uh, family and village um, and completely kind of destroy this culture of, of these Native Americans when they leave. So Squanto is living in, uh, over in Europe and I, he, he actually learns English because he's enslaved over there. He finally escapes, which I don't really know how he escapes, but he ends up uh, getting his freedom and going back to his um, homeland. And when he finds out, when he goes back, he finds out everyone he knew is dead. His family, his friends, his entire village was wiped out by smallpox. Uh, there is no food, everything. It's actually a neighboring village, actually, or tribe that actually uh, accepts him. And he actually grows up um, the rest of his life with them. Now, I, I can't express how what he would feel like that these white people have come over they have taken his humanity they have taken his freedom they has taken his family his food his culture everything everything is done and destroyed and then one year later we come back to our story that a bunch of white people on the mayflower come back and sure enough squanto in the story comes out and greets them with peace now i have no idea why when we talk about the first thanksgiving i know why the pilgrims are there. They're there because they have survived their first, you know, harvest. There's this celebration. They're going to gather their friends they just made. There, there's a reason for Thanksgiving with the white people. I have no idea why the Native Americans, and in particular Squanto, is giving any thanks. If he, I would be like middle finger. I'm not helping you. There's no way in hell I'm going to sit there and actually eat a meal with you and give thanks, and yet. This entire story is about forgiveness. And I, I've never heard that story. I always thought it was about friendship and people like two different cultures interacting. It's 100% about forgiveness, seeing Thanksgiving and seeing thanks in the midst of chaos, in the midst of hurt, and seeing the beauty of life in the midst of the mess. And we don't hear that story. And Thanksgiving and the holidays in general sometimes have that. It's very messy and we don't like it. But I think there's a way, there's something that's beautiful about seeing beauty in the midst of chaos. And I think that's what this story is really about. And so they invite 90 Indians or Native Americans. They have this huge feast and they give thanks. And it's this story about Thanksgiving. And so Sojourn tells this story because there's no better picture of Sojourn than a bunch of people that are all different, different walks of life, different faiths. Like that's what we do Mm -hmm. at Sojourn, all coming around a meal and having one thing in common of let's give thanks for the things, even though not aware what the last year has been. 
even with COVID, all the all the trials and man, the deaths across the country. I mean, there's so many things that we should be, you know, we could be angry about, but there's one thing that we can bring us together and that's to give thanks for the things that we do have and the community that we have. And so that's what the Thanksgiving story means to us in Sojourn and that's why we talk about it. Yeah. And there's so much in there. We could spend forever unpacking so many different dynamics of this. Um, I have something to share, but, um, and, and so, but, and then I'll pass it to Molly. But, you know, one of the things too, I was just looking up some details while you're talking and, and it's so interesting to me. Um, he actually, uh, ended up passing away like a year after that first Thanksgiving meal that we celebrate, but he left. Then this was not, um, uh, culturally what uh, uh, he would have normally done or people in his tribe normally would have done, but he left all of his possessions <laughs> to those English settlers. Um, mm. And like, you know, again, it just another layer of like this forgiveness that he is expressing. But at the same time, we also, a lot of us are growing more aware of the history of <laughs> the European impact that continued to happen even after that. And, and it is that like, there's, it's just there's so many layers to this that like you know i <laughs> we've definitely taken this story and like <laughs> you know what you said like i grew up the same way like oh yeah of course he spoke english and you know like oh why wouldn't you be friends um <laughs> and like, like, <laughs> like, like who would like, not want to like, be friends with the white people come like, on i mean that that that's what was given to me but you hear the story and you're like this is is a hero and a story that again, I'd say this all the time that like we need to celebrate more and we need to not get rid of those rough edges of it because like, and, and, and his forgiveness doesn't excuse any of those things that happened before or after. But I mean, it, it there's so many layers and dynamics of that, that impact our life uh, today. Molly, this well, and is, I would even say this yeah. real quick. I feel like so many people want to like get rid of Thanksgiving because of all the bad things that happened before or after. And I, I'm, I'm not about getting rid of Thanksgiving, but I'm totally, there's a horrible thing, especially after, as we know the history, but like, let's take a day and let's just celebrate. And once again, not the white people, they were horrible. We did horrible things after that. Let's celebrate a culture that is even dying out now, but like what they did and how they did it. Like let's make this, let's make Thanksgiving about them and about what they brought rather than about the white people. And I think I, for me, it like redeemed the holiday for me a little bit. But. Yeah. Yeah. Molly, this is your first time hearing that story. Uh, or at least like that, that arc of yeah, it. Did you know um, that? Maybe she, um, maybe she's smarter than us. I didn't know that. But. Um, yeah, she told us that before I hit record. Okay. So I don't feel bad. Uh, but, oh. uh, <laughs> but anyway, what are some of your reactions as you hear this? Cause, and, and I know it's fresh, but you know, what are some of your reactions? I think the biggest thought in my head right now is just like the idea of forgiveness and like redemption of that story, like how much depth that adds to thankfulness and <laughs> which is stupid. Cause I just said, I'm thankful for my coffee and you guys were like, we love each other. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to take us back to the surface. But like when you have forgiveness and redemption, like as a piece of that thankfulness, like there's layers there. And that's like a greater depth of what I would think is like true gratefulness and contentment and thankfulness um, that I think we need to have more of. Yeah. Yeah. 
what about even like, what if we can get to a place where we're thankful for the hard times that have come in our life? Um, I don't think I've ever, when we go on the table and say, what are you thankful for? I've never <clears> been like, I'm really thankful that the pandemic just ruined our lives. Um, I've never said anything close to that. And I think, but I do, I can, like I used to, I, I think there's a richness and a, there's some depth there that I think if we can get to that point of being like, I'm thankful for even the rough times because it's made me who I am and it's made my community closer and it's made forgiveness possible and making beauty out of the chaos. Like if we can get to a point of that kind of forgiveness that I think it takes a different kind of person, but like, and that is something to be thankful for. And that's just kind of challenging to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, um, this is a topic that will come up in future episodes, but I've definitely like through some of the hardest moments in my life. Like it's weird. Cause I wouldn't say that I'm thankful for them. <clears throat> if I could change them, I totally would. But there is a layer of thankfulness that I have of like, of, of, I don't even want to just say like there's silver lining. Cause again, I would totally change the things that have happened if I could, but there are, Again, lessons slash my ability to relate to people and to comfort and to care for people that I wouldn't trade for anything else in the world except for being like, oh, I didn't experience that pain. Like, I, again, I totally would do that. But, you know, but there there is something there. And, you know, just when I when I hear this story, it and I'm just like, like when so many people when we have bad things, we happen to us, like, especially if it's any connection with faith, like I, I understand it's very natural. And and I, I understand and don't even like discredit it for you that you're like, well, this is why I'm like leaving faith behind. But, but I think that there's, there is something here to consider that, that, you know, as, as I said in the Emma and, and uh, Sarah podcast that like those are separate from Jesus. And, and I think, uh, I don't know. I just, I love the story and I think it just starts opening up those conversations. I I was talking to Tim, our director of Sojourn the other day, and he said something really, I think pretty awesome. He said, so many people have like this, like what the F moment in life of like the world's falling apart. There's pain like everyone, at least most people have experienced that, especially in the last couple of years, really, really raw. And they've rejected faith. And then there's this other side of faith that's supposed to be beautiful and uh, living out who we're created to be. And I honestly, I think faith is this like merging of these two. How do you navigate through all the mess and the, and the hardships and still find the beauty of life? Because there is beauty and there is something really meaningful in life. I think that's what faith does. Faith navigates those two extremes really well and, and meshes them. And there's this tension. And we always talk about this tension, but faith actually doesn't, you know, it says both are good, both are, or both are real. And we need to talk about these and we need to gav- navigate those two extremes. And if, once again, if we talked about faith in that way, instead of like faith, just like forgetting all the bad and just accepting good and forgiveness and just living life of peace. Like that's just not real. And in so many ways it's bring your pain, bring your struggles and let's, let's, let's figure it out. And I think that's a really cool picture in this story of how Squanto has done that really well. And he's not even a Christian. So it's just kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. 
Maybe he's a Christian. I don't really know what. I was what, looking what, what that up. He wasn't, but I, I was looking that up. There's it is something uh, scholars debate, um, but there. I there mean, is, he was a slave over for a while, so maybe there was. I mean, so uh, he did. Uh, one, one of the big arguing points <laughs> is that uh, they do have a letter that, uh, as he was dying, he asked the the people to pray for him that he would go to heaven, um, and so. He can take that with. It makes his story cooler if he's. Let's just say that in his faith really helped him. Well, I mean, but but actually, even as I say that, I'm thinking about like like, again, just adding the like adding the depth that like these people, I I mean, like, like these white people and stuff. He did ask them to pray for him as he was dying, and again, I'm like. It wasn't just this one meal, like, oh, I feel sorry for them, I'm going to help them. Like, like, there was some relationship there. And, again, I just, like, I'm just processing this live. And I'm like, that is amazing. And it's definitely a picture of what we should be doing if we're following Jesus. I think we don't do it well often. I think it's really challenging. But, uh, but yeah, that's part of what I see in this. As we... uh start heading towards wrapping up um what are some of your final thoughts there molly i think i'm still just like thinking about this idea of redemption which like in the christian faith is a main theme that we talk about of just like kind of what you said earlier nate like if i could take covid away or like avoid it at all costs like i would do that I would prefer that millions and millions of people didn't die and that like life didn't get put on hold for two years. Like I would, I would take that away for sure. But just the, the ways that people have grown or just, I don't even know if I fully have words for it. And like, I think about that through every aspect of like hard things in my life that I would probably take it away if I could, but Mm -hmm. there's almost like the redemption I see or like start to see in some of those things. Like that is why I would probably never choose to take it away. It's because like, it just adds this deep richness and like even Squanto's relationship with these people, which clearly, as you said, like, surpass the one Thanksgiving, the first Thanksgiving meal or whatever. Like we don't know the years of friendship and community and relationships that are, that sit there for sure. But um, I think we have evidence that it was probably there if he was writing to them as he was passing away. Like, I don't know if that fully makes up for the six years that he was enslaved, but it's certainly like it does. No, it doesn't. But it certainly is like, just a different I don't even know what I'm trying to say I just see redemption there in a way that wouldn't exist without Jesus I think I think as I'm as I was looking things up I came across it it's a this is an opinion um piece uh on the story but it is from a historian but he ends this that um the way he wraps up this whole story, I think is maybe what we're trying to say. And it's 
Um, he says, it's a Christian belief that no matter how horrible the circumstances of your life, God can still work out a wonderful, blessed purpose for you in the very midst of your pain. And it doesn't make up for the pain. It doesn't reduce the pain or even get mm. rid of it. But but there is a purpose that, or there, there there can be a purpose. And again, that's opened up a whole thing that like we will for sure unpack later and talk more about. But. Yeah, I mean, I just, I see, that's what I see in the story, is that, like, is that Squanto had every right to be bitter, and and I'm sure he was <laughs> at, at some points, like, that would be, you know, that wouldn't surprise me, but yet this, um, yeah, I mean, redemption does feel too, like, like and now it's equal, because it wasn't, but he was the one, that's why he's the hero of this, okay, because he had every right to be bitter and not help out. But he's a hero because he, I mean, he put those people first um, when he had every right not to. That way you got a final thought. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about, I don't think it makes up. Like we always say, like, I, I don't, I don't think anybody would choose to go through hard times if they had to do it over again. Like everybody would always take it away. And I think that's normal. I don't think like, we're better people just because we went through them either. Sometimes, sometimes we're not better people. Um, but I do think there's a choice in the midst of pain that you could try to see the beauty. And I'm not saying that's easier or hard, but like we're talking about Squanto all these years later because he chose kindness over bitterness. And even if he would say like, if he had a choice to take away those six years, I know he would, there's no doubt in my mind he would but we're talking about him because he made a difference and he thought about other people. And so it just kind of reminds me of like, even when you're at your worst, like making this not about you, like life's not about you. It's not going to make it up. You're not going to make up for it, but there's, you can make beauty out of, out of, out of something really bad. And so I think that's just really cool for Squanto that he is. He's totally my hero. I, it's incredible. So I, I don't have any, I love what that historian said. Actually, I think he said it the best. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was trying to say in my all my rambling. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. Yeah, yeah. I will. Um, we'll post a link to that article in our description with this. But I know that, like, as we're getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving, like, it is kind of a heavy topic. But when you get into the real story, like, this is, you know, sometimes we look back on these history moments and like, look how nice and neat it was, but it wasn't. And and I do think that like this is a conversation to have, and so. Um, we'll post a couple of uh, the links to the articles to give you the uh, the history of because I would encourage you I would like this is a conversation to have like this is a conversation to have around Thanksgiving uh, maybe not at the kids section but yeah bring that up no <laughs> bring that up at the table I think that'd be awesome like did you guys know the real story of, like that would be awesome oh I mean I, I totally sure. agree I'm I don't know if I've ever done that actually with how much I've talked about how awesome the story is I'm gonna do that this year totally gonna do that this year yes. um. But yeah, highly encourage that. In the meantime, enjoy getting ready for Thanksgiving. Uh, Tyler, you want to give us do the honors? Yep. Uh, I just want everybody to know that you can start setting up for Christmas. I'm just kidding. Stay awesome, everybody. <laughs> Stay awesome, friends. See you.